Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 306. I'm your host, Bernie Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have back with us the worldwide celebrated and talented comic creator, George Medina. George. Thank you so much for having me back, Barney. I appreciate this. Thank you. And I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back. And I love the intro. I love it. I love See, it. See, I mean, I mean, and also to your internationally acclaimed too. I didn't mention that, but you are also internationally acclaimed. You keep so. people guessing is what you do, Barney. You, I <laughs> thought you were coming with one thing and you gave me the eye. It was great. It was great. I love it. 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 So it's really exciting because you're, 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 you're back on the show and you were on, when you were on earlier, a couple of years ago, uh, we were really kind of focusing on your adventures of wonder duck, which I'm a huge fan of that. Oh, and, and, and you're here to kind of like kind of resurface for um, all of uh, all of your readers and, and some of your fans. The um, was Russ five, three, seven, seven, which was a precursor to wonder duck. That's correct. Yeah. So the publishing history of those two projects was Russ came first, publishing-wise, and then Wonder Duck came after. The way they were created, however, was Wonder Duck was created first, and then I created Wonder Duck. I mean, Wonder Duck came first, then I created Russ. So yeah, so that's that's kind of the thing. But um, I'm putting Russ out now digitally uh, through Hades and his AnyOneWorld.com platform. Mm. Which is similar. Right. It's kind of like in the vein of, of say, what com- Comixology was or Global Comics, for those who maybe don't know what, what any one world is. It, it's kind of like in the vein of that, except he's also a publisher. And so mm-hmm. he publishes uh, indies as well. So, yeah, it's, it's been a blast working with them. But that's, that's, what, that's what, where Russ is currently. All right. So, so talk, to us, talk to us a little bit about Russ and, and what is the, the series about? Sure. Back in uh, the early, well, I was going to say late 90s, about 98, 99. Yeah. Oof. Long time ago, boy. Long time ago. I was, uh, I was a young man with, uh, with high hopes and expectations and dreams, right? I was just graduating college at the time, and I was working at a, uh, at a, at a, at a group home or an orphanage or you know, one of these you know, homes for kids. And I was doing the data entry work. I wasn't like a social worker or anything like that. It was just like a little side gig I had during college. You know, I was working at this orphanage. I was doing data entry work. I would, I would enter the names of the kids that were being mm. put into the home and stuff like that. And uh, one of the names that I entered into the system was a name of a kid named Nonami. Nonami. I was like, well, that sounds cool, man. That's Nonami. The actual name was No Name. The kid had No Name. Nonami was No Name. Okay. And when I heard, and when I saw that, I was like, geez, man, that, that's crazy. Like, I mean, you know, obviously these kids, you know, they're in foster homes and they go through all this stuff. And then I, I thought about, and I had doodled, I had doodled uh, Russ, the Russ character on a, on a piece of paper. And I was like, I hadn't, I didn't have an idea of what to do with him. It was just a doodling class. But when this happened at the, uh, at the orphanage, I said, you know what, what if my character, this little character that I created, what if this guy? I decided, you know what, what if I had, what if this, this kid, 17-year-old Russ, I named him Russ, I don't know what the name is, just Russ, what if Russ lived in this orphanage? And what if Russ and his friends needed to escape? Why would they need to escape? Well, because the home is being run by demented scientists 
trying to create the perfect specimen. So they would take these oh, boys okay. and experiment on them, trying to create the perfect specimen. And uh, when, those, when those experiments went awry, they would just get rid of them. Where they go, you will find out in the pages of the book. But that's, that's kind of like where the story came. And that's where I was like, oh, okay, let me develop this. Let me start this and let me see where it goes. And that's where the story kind of kind of was born. So how many? So as you mentioned before, is like this is how many issues is uh, Russ right now? It's six. It's it's a six okay. issue limited series. It, it's it's okay. uh, this is chapter one, and I'm putting them out every month. So chapters one through three are out right now. Um, and by the time this airs, I'm not sure where when this will air, but the fourth one may be out already because it's uh we're I mean as I said this recording September, uh, the mm -hmm. next the next issue will be out September 20th is when the fourth issue okay. will be. Out. And then in October, you'll have the next one. The final, the sixth episode will be in uh, in uh, November uh, right. at, at that point. Yeah. And so how did this kind of help you grow as a, as a comic creator as well, this being your first series? What are some of the things that Russ taught you as a, as a creator that you actually utilize today? When I started, so the idea came in that year, right, 99. Mm. In 2002, yeah. 2003, around that time, I, I took a, uh, like a, a learning, like an advanced learning class at the School of Visual Arts. Because, you know, I, I was like, I, I always wanted to draw comics and I wanted to do my own comic and stuff like that. So I went and I took, you know, like one of those, one of those classes at SBA where I met, you know, we were talking about Sam earlier uh, before we came on. He's, he's my co-host on Catch the Craze on the podcast that we do. And I met him there. So in the class, the teacher said, hey, today we're going to do, you know, we're going to create your own character. You're going to bring it in and we're going to, we're going to you know, develop it and, and, and make a comic book out of it. So that's where I brought the idea of Russ. And so this Russ 5377, this story was the first, my first attempt at doing comics the traditional way. And what I mean by that is 11 by 17 uh, pieces of paper, scripts, you know, with panels and all that other stuff. Prior to that, I was, I was drawing these things on eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper, folding them in half and just kind of like drawing as I, as I went along. I, there was no script. It was just the story was being drawn as being created as I was drawing it. So Russ taught me how to do it the traditional way with a script from a script to pencils, pencils to inks, to colors, to letters. So right. yeah, so that was a big learning uh, curve when it came to to uh, to Russ. And so, who's the artist for this? I okay. So originally, in the first incarnation of the story, I was the artist, right. and I okay. actually drew three issues of the book, and then I hit a wall. I hit a wall. Mm. I didn't know where I was going with the story because even though I had started doing it the way the traditional way. I was new to it, you know, this was a long time and I had no idea that I, I probably should have plotted this thing out to figure out <laughs> how the story was going to go and I never did that. So, plus, when I finished my first, my first issue, I sent it out for review. I sent it out to, to, for review for a critic to take a look at it. They saw it, they critiqued it, they killed it, right? They said mm -hmm. that the artwork was garish and it was gaudy um, the story, however, they liked. They liked okay. where it was going. So in hearing that, I was like, damn, all right, maybe I should focus on the story and hire an artist to do it. I'm not going to give up on the story. 
I'm not going to mm. let that one, you know, crit critique or, or critic derail, you know, my dreams and aspirations. But I realized at that point that drawing the book was going to be quite a, a task that I wasn't ready to take on. So mm. I, 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 so I decided to focus on the writing, created an outline, plotted it out, wrote it. And I was like, okay, now it's making sense. And so I hired um, artists. I, I went through, you know, back in that time, it, was, it wasn't like Instagram. You couldn't just go on Instagram and find yourself an artist or you couldn't go on, you know, on, on, on Facebook or anything like that. So I, I was in the forums. I was in, back in like digital webbing, if anybody remembers that, digitalwebbing.com. Mm. And, and, I, and, we, and I found, um, actually Sam found them first and then he told me, hey, check out these artists, dude. And uh, they were in the Philippines. They were called Big Cat Studios at the time. They are now called uh, Nine Life Studios. And now they actually do a lot of work for a lot of manga animation. And they've worked on Castlevania. They, you know, it, the studio has grown as, you know, as, as, as time has uh, progressed. But they, I hired them to do it. I send them my, my images. I send them my characters. And I said, hey, can you give me a mix of... Uh, Boondocks, remember that cart that cartoon, the Boondocks, yeah. yep. and and Dragon Ball Z. Give me that mix. Can you mix that up together? And this is what they came up with. And so they they started doing all of the artwork, and and it was a good it was a good it was a good mesh, you know. And I and I enjoyed working with them. So they did everything. They they penciled and colored everything. They, oh, I I did the lettering in the book. Are you going to come back to Russ since you only did six issues of it? Yes, yes. So. Currently, I'm actually developing a follow-up, uh, you know, storyline story or, or just more stories based on what happens after the ending of this. You know, remember, this is, this is the story of Russ in this orphanage. He finds out that kids are being experimented on and he decides, hey, guys, we have to get the heck out of here. And so this particular arc is about them trying to escape. By the end of this thing, you're going to find out if they escaped who managed to get out and how they did it. The remaining, the stories that I'm writing now are about, you know, the, the characters that survived and what happens after the fact. Because part of the story of Russ is that he is this orphan. This is, he's an orphan, right? He doesn't know where he came from. And part of what I wanted to kind of do with the story, it's a coming of age story, right? It, it's this kid who has no idea who his parents were. And it's, you know, it links back to these kids that I, that I, that I wasn't around so much, but digitally, I can see that they, you know, they, they were alone. So in this story, Russ did have a mom, obviously. And, uh, and so now his, his mission, after he finds out who he is, and he's remembering these things that he's not supposed to remember, because, you know, these dementia scientists also put chips in kids' minds that erases oh, wow. all their memories, right? But he's starting to remember these things. So that chip is malfunctioning. They're wondering what the heck's going on with this kid. And he becomes an issue. He becomes a problem for them. But in, in these dreams, he has vivid dreams of his childhood, of a childhood he shouldn't remember. He remembers a, friend, a, a buddy of his, a, like a little girl that he used to be friends with, and her uncle or somebody that she was related to. He remembers this woman who is his mom. And so he decides, I have to find these people. I have to know where they went. Where did they go? And so the story after this particular first issue is about his quest to find out more about who he is. Where did these people go that he remembers? Who are they? And so that's mm -hmm. kind of like what I'm going to be writing moving forward is that. 
And I always had that. And that, that was the, the plan always, was to create this six-issue arc, see how it did. And then based on that, see if I can maybe create more stories. You know what I mean? And, 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 and his thing is finding who he is and where he came from and his mom. What are, what's some, some, what are some of other writers that have inspired you as a writer? Oh, uh, well, I mean, ever since, I mean, even, I, I would think I was here the last time and I talked about, you know, it, it was Walt Disney, it was, it was Hanna-Barbera and it was those. But I think as I, as I entered the world of comics, you know, I, obviously, you know, I read a lot of Chris Claremont style, Frank Miller, you know, that, th- those guys and, and, and how, they, how they were able to move stories along. But I also was, was inspired by, by, you know, Quentin Tarantino as a writer and, and you know, and dialogue, writing dialogue, like the way he wrote dialogue. I, I think it comes from, from different places. I, I, one, of my, one, of, one of my favorite writers, prose writers, is uh, Mitch Albom. He's written things like Tuesdays with Maury. He wrote, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he wrote that. Uh, he wrote those books. And uh, Five People You Meet in Heaven. And so I, I love his narrative storytelling and how he makes you think he gives these people stories beyond just what's happening on the page. There's a background to them. And, and I think that character, writing characters is something that I love to do and, and basing them on, on real things, even though they're, even though they're f- fictional, I like to base them on, on things that could really happen to you, right? Like mm. these kids, for example, a lot of the kids in the home are based on friends of mine that I went to college with their personalities, you know, and things like that. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of things have influenced me as a writer when it comes to, mm. to writing for comics and stuff. Was there ever a writer that you used to not care for that now you have learned, grown to appreciate? I've always kind of like stayed in my, I guess, in my, when I say stay in my lane, I, I kind of just kind of like said, all right, let, let me try to focus on developing my own style. Right. right. And, 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 and I think, I think as you get older, you appreciate the fact that you're not going to know everything there is to know about writing. And so you go and, and, and you kind of like, the more you read, the more you realize, wow, these, these guys were saying something. If I had to, if I had to make a choice, I, I'm not a big horror reader. I don't, I don't read horror. I, I love okay. horror movies. I like to be scared, but I feel like nothing scares me like that. And I know that, that Stephen King gets a lot of praises for it. And I would say maybe Stephen King is one of those writers. That I was like, what's the big deal with Stephen King? But the more you, you the more, the older I get, the more I realize, hey, this guy, all he does is write bestsellers. Even if he's not a great writer, he sure knows how to how to sell his writing. He he knows how to write to sell books. You know what I mean? And and sometimes that's also important when we're doing this thing. It's not just being that deep right? It's not just they can't all be Steinbeck, right? But you know, um, Stephen King sells books. And I think that I learned to appreciate that as I got older. If that's maybe that's one guy. Now that I, mm. I, I talked myself into that answer. So what what's your favorite um underappreciated either comic book title or book a book that i didn't appreciate when i was younger i think was watchmen mm. right it was one of those books that's got so many layers it's so deep that right. as a as a kid growing up reading comics i'm like yeah let me just i'd rather read you know spider-man kind of you know your friendly neighborhood spider-man you know swinging through town but the older i got the more the more i got into reading watchmen and understanding mm. You know, wow, what he was doing with these characters was crazy. So yeah, so I think I learned I learned to appreciate that, and 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 I yeah, obviously that's one of the best you know one of the best comics probably ever written for most people. And here I am saying, hey, that thing was crap when I was a kid, but <laughs> but I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. You know, I was I think I was too young to understand um, right. how how good that book was. 
And so what's your, uh, it's a good, a comic book adjacent question is like, what, what would you consider your writing kryptonite? Like what's your writing weakness? Mm. Um, I think I take too long to develop uh, a, a world. In mm. other words, I, I spend so much time creating stuff that you're never going to read, that you're never going to know about before I actually get into, the, into writing the script and getting into the story that I'm going to tell. Um, right. And I got to find a way to kind of like figure out how to say, okay, I've, I've created this. I know what this world is like. Let me just get into it rather than, oh, no, but I can do this and then I can do that and then put more things, more things here behind the scenes that you're never going to read. And sometimes I, I never get to the story because I'm so busy building this world and a year or two has gone by and I'm still creating this world. And it's like, all right, but we need to put this book out. <laughs> you know, so right. I think my kryptonite is just, it's just that. It's like, it's just, I'm, I'm so, I want to create the perfect world, you know what I mean? So that I don't have to, so I don't, I'm not struggling telling the story later on. I figure everything is done here, but I think stories are organic and sometimes they just grow, right? Sometimes no matter how much you plan them, they're going to change. They're going to change. Right. I, just gotta, I just got to learn how to build a base, you know, and, and, and keep that strong base and then move from there. So, yeah, I think that that would be it. And so uh, compared to when you first wrote Russ, uh, Russ 5377, um, if you could talk to your earlier self as you're putting that together, what advice would you give your earlier self? I think I would, I would tell them um, that, you know, the story of, of Russ and especially during that first, you know, stint where, where I was like, I was drawing it. I think that I, I, I probably would have told him to just don't rush it. You know, I, I remember, I remember being, you know, it was like the night before a, a convention or maybe a week or so before a convention. And I'm drawing these pages and I'm lettering these pages. And I'm trying to get this book out. I don't even have a book four already, but I, book three, I had, to, I had to get done. And it was such a rush job. And I think I would tell him, listen, man, I learned it too late, but I, I would say, write, you know, plot this thing out, write it out. Don't leave it up here. Put it on paper, put it on, or on the screen or whatever you want to do, but don't keep it up here because it'll, 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 get, it'll get muddled up there. And I know a lot of people right. can do that. A lot of people will be like, ah, it's all here. It's here. I know the story is there. But for me, I think I, I would tell my, my, my younger self, put it, write it down write it down, you know, figure it out and, and it'll be easier to put it out once you do that. Right. Do you, do you get something, uh, uh, what's your preferred audience? Do you like writing for say, uh, adults as compared to say like teens or what's your, what audience do you prefer to write for? I, I prefer to write for, for like kids and young adults. And, and mm -hmm. the reason why, well, I, I feel like I'm a kid at heart, right? I'm like, I got the Peter Pan syndrome. Like, I'll, I'll never grow up. But also, but also, I, I just feel like comic books are almost, I don't know, it would be so dramatic and call it a dying, <laughs> a dying, um, a dying industry. But it just feels like it is sometimes, right? I think mm -hmm. less kids are reading books, um, whereas, you know, it's more adults. It's us, you know, we grew up reading comics, so we continue to read comics. But the younger the younger audience, the kids, that's who I want to pick up books. Like I picked up books when I was a kid, right? I picked up, the first time I picked up Iron Man, or the first time I picked up Thor or Spider-Man, you know, like, wow, what the heck? This is, this is incredible. This is cool. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of like the feeling that I want to give readers. 
And so that's who I write for. I write for that kid that's going to pick up that comic book for the first time and say, dude, this is an incredible world. I want to create worlds like this. I want to do this. You know, I want to right. keep reading this and keep doing it. So that's who I, I gear to. I mean, I, I like to write about, you know, I, I like to watch all kinds of movies. So I like to write about different things. But I, I find myself going that route. Like even like the, the other stories that I'm writing now. Talk about talk about some advice as well. Like for, for those that are listening that are looking at uh, going into indie comics or actually wanting to write comics, um, what advice would you give them? I would tell them that it's going to be expensive. If you're a writer, if you're a writer, it's going to be very expensive. Artists are not cheap. When I started doing this, and this is, I mean, this is going back to like 99. I, the deal that I got to draw this book is something that you will never be able to get. The deal that I got to write this book is probably what you would pay to write, to do two pages of a book, three pages of a book. <laughs> that, that's how... So, right. but, but things have, you know, I mean, artists are charging $100 a page, a page on a 22 page book. And that's just a penciler. So just the penciler will cost you, you know, that much money, right? So when you, when, so when you, when you're thinking about coming into this, make sure you have the money to pay an artist. If you're an artist, you know, and, and you, and you are, you know, you think you can write it out. I, me personally, and I have a lot of friends who are artists and they prefer to just go right into it. Sometimes they don't even write scripts. They just go right into it. If you're an, a writer who, or an artist who thinks you can do it, I still would get an editor. I think we need editors. You know, As a writer too, I think you need an editor. I think don't, don't go in it alone. Don't think, okay, what I wrote is going to hit. I'm going to put it on the, you know, hey, listen, when, if you're a Faulkner, if you're, if, you're, if you're that good, God bless you. But I think that, yeah, I think you got to go into this with the right mentality. I think you got to know that it's going to cost you a lot of money. Make sure you have a lot of money to do this. It's not cheap. <laughs> you're not going into this to make thousands and hundreds. I mean, if it's a good story, yeah, hey, good, you may. But I think you, you, you'll be surprised how much it's going to cost you to create a book. Um, and then if you're an artist, I think, you know, don't, don't, don't take shortcuts. Get yourself an editor. You know, write something down. Say, give it to somebody. Say, hey, this is, is this making sense? Is this how, how's how's this how's this sounding? Does it, does it make sense? Because and I and I feel for artists because they'll 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 start drawing something. They'll be twenty pages into a a drawn book or something, and they realize, damn, this is I'm gonna have to redraw this page, and that takes a lot of time. You know, it takes a lot of time to do that. So, um, as, as a comic book writer and as a as a creator. How many, do you have any unfinished projects or do you have projects that kind of are sitting in the wings that you're just, you're kind of anxious to get back to? Yes. Yeah. So speaking about one of your questions was um, about like the audience, right? Who I write for. Mm. So I have a story that, that, I, that I'm developing that I've been, that I've been writing, but it's, it's, it's darker in tone, right? It was, it was, I started writing it during a breakup. And so you know, I was in a, I was like, I don't want to say a dark place, but I, I was, I was, I was, you know, I was upset. I was grieving because of a, because of a, of a, of a, of a, of a relationship that ended. And so I started writing a story about, you know, broke, being broken hearted. And, but it, but it, it, it went into the, into the idea of what if a love, like, what if that person that you broke up, didn't, that broke up with you or you broke up with, didn't just break up with you, but they passed away. What happens? How do you mm. deal with that? 
So, right. so that's been kind of sitting because since ever since, you know, af after that, you know, my life is, is different now, <laughs> you know, I'm not in that place anymore. So going back to that place is kind of hard because I'm not there emotionally, mentally. So I haven't written, I haven't, I haven't finished it. And that's obviously for an older audience. It's not for young adults, whatever. So that's right. one that I haven't, that I haven't finished. And I'm, I'm and I, and I plan on it because I really do like the story. So I, I plan on going back to it. And then I have, I have two other stories. One um, and I can talk about it because I, I, I um, you know, I sent my copyrights out and all that other stuff. Um, it's called The Shameless Plug. Okay. And The Shameless Plug is a story about a kid, a little kid, about nine, nine or 10 years old, who comes to the United States from another country and has to find a way to fit in. And so he's shy. He doesn't, he doesn't know the language, but he creates or meets this imaginary friend called Pana. And Pana's a plug. He's a, he's a little plug. He's like a plug that you plug on the TV. And he becomes his imaginary friend. He okay. is Pana, the shameless plug. He teaches, Joaquin is the name of the kid, how he's going to be able to fit in. And meet. sometimes in order to fit in, you have to be yourself. And so that's what the story is about, is how do you fit in when you feel like an outsider? And, and hmm. Pana becomes... This, uh, this, you know, imaginary friend that's going to help him through it, and so that I'm, I'm writing that. I'm actually finishing that up. I'm about to send it out to my editor. I'm looking for an artist. So if you are watching the show and you're an artist, I'm, and, and I don't know if you know this, uh, Barney, but I'm from Ecuador. I was born in Ecuador. I came here when I was like seven years old. So it's almost autobiographical in, in a way. Uh, and I, and I'm hoping to find like an Ecuadorian um, artist, just you know, just to make it come full circle. Um, and so um, I'm trying to do that. So I'm hoping to have this out hopefully sometime next year. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now, like I said, I'm going to be sending it out to, to, to an editor, have them look at it, send it back to me, and then I'll, have, I'll send it out to the artist and, you know, I can right. get rocking on it. So yeah, it should be fun. Perfect. Awesome. Mm -hmm. so, so, so George, if people want to learn more about you, where's the best place they could go to? Yeah, definitely go to um, getyourmeds.com. That's my website right there. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at get underscore your underscore meds. You can also find uh, my work, obviously, on my website. I have tons of stuff in there that you guys can, uh, you know, you guys can uh, look through. I also, like, like we were talking, Russ5377 is currently at, on the Any One World, uh, I, I call it network, but, uh, but a platform. You can go there. The first three issues are available now. And if you type in the word podcast, you're watching this podcast. If you type in the word podcast at checkout, you get 15% off. Wow. So okay. Sure that's pretty cool. That. Yeah. Make sure you do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are, if you guys decide that you want to go to the anyoneworld.com website and you want to buy the books, uh, they're, 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 you know, they're reasonably under $2. $2. Uh, just make sure that when you check out, type in the word podcast if you saw it on this podcast, and you'll get fifteen percent off. That 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 other book that you have there, talking about who I write for and whatever. So that is Dead of Night, and that is a book that uh, ASAP Imagination, which is uh, a publisher run by Paul Hades Hayden. He actually asked me to write the next three issues of this book. The Dead of Night, and it's uh, it's it's a book that uh, should be coming out hopefully soon. I wrote the second script. I'm writing scripts two through four, and it's mm. the story of a, of a of a knight, 
uh, of an actual night, and it, it takes place in England. There is uh, there is an event that occurred that changed London forever, and the night is that was this you know well to do. He comes from a well to do family, and he kind of like goes mad and resurfaces now, and mm. you know this is the story of him and what's going to happen after he resurfaces after this event occurred. So the dead of night, yeah, it should be coming out soon. So I'm having fun writing that. And that's not, that's more along the lines of like, you know, when I used to read comics back in the days, right? Where it was like, it was still action adventure. It wasn't right. too mature, but it wasn't kiddie. You know, it was like right, right in that sweet spot where like kids can, you know, somebody who's maybe 12, 13 can read it and not have to hide it from their parents. But, you know, that's people nice. can read it and enjoy it as well. So yeah, that, that's right. coming out. It should be cool. The Dead of Night. Love the title too. I love I love the the title. That was created by uh by Haiti. So that, that's cool. That book sounds amazing too, oh, by the way. Thank you, so, man. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I I'd love to come back and talk to you more about how I developed it in your game book and all that stuff. But yeah. yeah, that'll be fun. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, George. It's great having you come back on. No, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, man. This has been a lot of fun. what i do is because i have to edit it after yeah, the fact yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. like uh the more the more succinct and i actually edit out all my ums and make it look like i'm really smart um and then uh and then <laughs> it worked it worked buddy yeah. you got me fooled i i, I, I know it. i got everybody fooled <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Listen.